I never knew I would look forward to using public bathrooms so much in my life, but that's kind of what happens when you decide to live in a frat house that is cleaned by men every week. I was one out of two women living in a frat house this summer, and I decided to live there because I hate my hometown and I needed to get out and my mental health is so bad there. And I was also working in Boston. I lived at an MIT frat, which, man, I am going to be spilling everything about this frat. Uh, Hopefully none of the bros listen to this. Well, actually, I don't even mind if they do. They probably, I don't even think any of them know that I have a podcast. Maybe I've told them once or twice, but you know, it's in one ear out the other. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. I didn't think I was going to podcast about this, but there's just too much to say. And I feel like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I also don't think much has been reported on this topic. So this is some pretty exclusive coverage, okay? I'm going to be debunking and confirming all the myths, all the legends about what it's like to be a bro, okay? So if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, let's just start by saying, first and foremost, this is a podcast. Um, Welcome. Come on in, okay? This is where I share stuff about what happens in my life as a 20-year-old. Just kind of living life. And if you have any questions, you can feel free to ask me on Twitter, on X, at UHBWTweets, or you can just DM me and follow me on Instagram which is UHBW podcast. Okay, let's just get into some life updates because I missed last week's podcast because I was pretty busy with just general life stuff. Um, Okay, so for starters, I've been eating a lot of cereal, so that's pretty good. Um, I finally went to the beach. And lastly, I've been listening to this band called Dashboard Confessional recently and it makes me feel like I'm in the early 2000s is that good or bad I don't I don't know um okay today I'm definitely talking about some strange stuff so trigger warning you're going to be listening to a podcast that deals with lots of gross and disgusting weird stuff okay all right how did I get myself into this situation okay so it all started out when I was looking for places to live in Boston. And (laughs) Boston is a very expensive city. It's not cheap living here, especially as someone who is a student who's not completely independent yet. I don't make six figures a year, you know. I'm just in this moment of life right now. So I was kind of stuck. I was kind of like, okay, where, where can I live this summer? How can I make this work for myself? And my mom was actually like, why don't you check out the frat houses and see if they're renting to people this summer. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. I'll just, I'll just live at a frat. That's no big deal. Like I live with brothers. Like I know how bad it gets. I think I've seen it all. Okay. So I'll just, I'll try it out. The rent is probably a lot cheaper and it was cheaper. I was blown away by these prices. And so I applied to over, I think, 10 frats in the area, and most of them were frats that belonged to MIT. 
And I, luckily, one of them got back to me and said that the room was mine for the summer. It's kind of a running joke between my friends and family that I'm the most gullible person ever, and I am. I take pride in the fact that I'm super gullible, and I will basically believe pretty much anything. So some of you might be thinking, oh my god, she's she's going to move into a frat house? No pictures, no nothing? Okay, I'm no fool. I asked for pictures of this place. However, I still am a fool because the pictures they sent me were absolutely hideous, disgusting. I... <laughs> I looked at the pictures and I was like, mom, look at this. It has no window, fluorescent lighting, paint chipping everywhere, one shelf, a disgusting bed, a bottle of sriracha on the floor, a little fridge. Everything was covered in grime and it was probably, mm, I don't know, eight feet by three feet. It could pr- I could fit like three people in there, but we'd be squished like a can of sardines. Um, let's just say it wasn't ideal. I was definitely getting what I was paying for, but I was like, okay, I can turn I can turn this into something. I can make this place cool. I I believe in myself. Pretty optimistic about these things, so I was like, you know what? I'll take it. This is so much better than living at home. Some may call it desperation, but I just call it unlocking my inner bro, okay? And I've been, I've, I've, I don't know, I guess become accustomed to calling myself a bro. I think it's funny. My roommate now, who is such a sweet angel, oh my goodness, I wouldn't have survived the summer without her, I swear. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we call the frat house the frouse. That's so creative, right? Frat and house, frouse. No one's... No one's done that before. No one's, I've never heard Frouse before. So we coined that term Frouse TM. And so I took this place and thank God I took it because I was actually put in a room that was nothing like what was advertised. So move-in day came around. And first of all, it's in a great location of Boston, one that I really love. And I had access to, like, the bike path, to the T. It was just, like, perfect. Couldn't be any better. But this wasn't a typical frat house. It wasn't, like, what you picture when you picture the frats in the south or frats in the west or those big, crazy houses with couches on them. That just wasn't – you can't really do that in the city. Um, So this frat was a brownstone, and the surrounding area is very historic. And I know most frat houses in the U.S. are pretty beat due to, I don't know, typical bro culture, but this frat house was pretty beat because it was, it's probably over 200 years old. So this is probably built in the 19th century sometime around then, and it was brick house, six, seven, six stories tall, um... And the rooms all had really high ceilings. And when you walk into this frat, like, you immediately step in. There's this giant, I don't want to say spiral, but I guess rectangular staircase that goes all the way to the top. So if you stood at the bottom and looked up, you you could see all the way to the top floor, which was so cool. All the woodwork was incredible. Just nice hardwood floors. 
The thing was, I did live on the fifth floor. And the thing also was that there was no elevator. Um, I did ask that on the first day, kind of look, looking like an idiot. Just, just, I just wanted to make sure, you know, I don't want to walk five flights of stairs. Uh, yeah, I did walk five flights of stairs every single day, multiple times a day. That wasn't fun. Walked that in no AC, which is typical of any brownstone. So that was really no shock at all. Um, but on move-in day, when I had to haul all of my stuff up to the fifth floor, I noticed that with each ensuing level I climbed, I picked up on a new smell. What an incredible smell you've discovered. And these were not good smells, okay? This, this smell ranged from human shit to beer to old food to chemicals to dead animals. And the list goes on. You can get really creative with these smells. I mean, you kind of have to. You have to get creative because sometimes you don't want to believe what you know the actual smell is, you know? So um, that was really interesting, definitely. And also, with each ensuing level I climbed, I noticed that there was just more and more of the bro's stuff that took up the space. And a lot of it was on the fifth floor because there was a big landing on my floor. And my mom was like, oh, they'll, they've cleared it like throughout the summer. She was like, oh, they, they cleared out all that stuff, right? And I'd be like, yeah, totally. They totally cleared that out. No, there's probably even more shit there than there has been this whole summer. The good thing is when on move-in day when I moved in, my room was like a safe haven. It truly was incredible. Nothing like it was advertised. We had a fireplace in the room, like an old fireplace, wood floors, high ceilings, a window, so much room. It came with a TV and a fridge and a walk-in closet and so much storage. And it was already lit, like lights on the wall. It was lit, okay. Um, it was a great place to live. I never felt so safe in a room. It was like my sanctuary. I mean, outside my room, that's a different animal, okay. But inside my room, I had my vanilla honey chamomile candle burning for a week because that's how long it lasted until it burnt out. But I got candles every week to replace it because you, you kind of had to. So when I was first moving in, I didn't have a mattress on my bed. And I was like, shoot, I'm gonna have to grab a mattress from somewhere. How are they gonna provide this for me? They're not affiliated with like the university. How are they gonna get a mattress in here? So I texted one of the bros and he brought it up so fast. I was like, dude, thank you so much. Now I can sleep at night, okay? I know that's the bare minimum, getting a mattress to sleep in a place that you're paying for. But still, I was thoroughly impressed with the community and the willingness to help out from the beginning. And I will, I'm just going to put this out here right now. Before my experience at this frat house, I was like anti-fraternity. And I know that's a little bit like... That's a, that's a heavy topic, okay? People have a lot of opinions on fraternity houses. But let's just say for right now, my perspective has changed ultimately. With that being said, I think it's time we segue into my Mormon encounter.
which is a really funny story, actually. Okay, so I was coming back from work one night on the subway. And this was one of the subway stops that is outside. Like, it's not underground. It's above ground. So I'm waiting on that platform for the train to come. And it comes in, I don't know, like five minutes. And these guys come up, approach me. And I take off my headphones. They're like, hey, how do we get to Fenway Park? Which, first of all, was kind of impossible on based on the situation we were in. So I just kind of like gave it my best shot and then put my headphones back on. Um, and then they were like, hey, what should what should we do tonight? Like we're looking to we're looking to have fun. We're looking to dance. And I tell them like, oh, I'm not of legal drinking age. I don't really go out just because I I didn't want to deal with them, whatever. And they were like, no, please, like, we really want to have fun. We're not from around here. And so I said, oh, where, where are you guys from? And they said, oh, like, we go to BYU. And so I kind of just shout out. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are Mormon? And they were like, yeah, like, do you believe in God? And I was like, whoa, my God, yo, I'm not about to get converted right now. This is crazy. And so I kind of just stood there talking to them, making conversation before the tea came. And so I was like, oh, I might know a few frats that are throwing tonight if you'd be interested. And since I brought up the word frat, they immediately were so quick to judge and immediately said, oh, this girl got blackout last night. She went crazy. No, actually, I did not go crazy unless going crazy means watching New Girl in my bed. So there's lots of stereotypes about frats, and that's the point of this story. I think a lot of people are quick to judge about people's choices to be in a frat, and it's really not all about the partying, at least at this one, and I know lots of others as well, but I think people really do feed into those stereotypes and associate frats with a lot of drinking and a lot of partying. And I just don't think that that is true as much as people really like to feed into that stereotype as a way to build this narrative and feel like they could understand me by saying that I went crazy. Like, no, that's just, like, don't say that. The funniest part about this story was that When we were on the train, one of the guys said, here, I'll give you my number and you can text me so you can come to church tomorrow. (laughs) Craziest thing that's ever happened to me. I think that's the craziest thing. I don't know. Is that lame? I just feel like what? Like what? Are you insane? I will say that uh, this man did not receive a text from me. So he's still in my contacts for for fun. I think it's funny, but uh, (laughs) no, I will not be uh, converting to Mormonism anytime soon. Thank you very much. When I got back to my room, my roommate was like, oh my God, you almost got converted. And looking back, yeah, I probably almost got converted to Mormonism. Uh, Strange things do happen, but you know, Maybe that was a learning experience. Who knows? 
So moving back to like the logistics of the room, right? Okay. So outside of the room, there's a ton of trash lying around always. Um, we did get we did get ants at one point. That was really fun. Uh, there were a ton of bugs crawling around. There's really always just exciting moments. You know, peeing is never what you think it's going to be. Just cleaning your dishes is never what you think it's going to be. Everything is a surprise. And at this fraternity, when when I was moving in, people would be like, oh, what room are you living in? And I would say the number, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's blah, blah, blah. And they'd say this weird name. And so I quickly learned that the room I was living in was actually called Salt Mine. I don't know what that means. I don't want to know. I really don't want to know what that means. Um, yeah, so once I got settled in, once I had food, shelter, and a little bit of water because I didn't have a Brita and uh, I did drink from the Boston Tap, the first few days were kind of like that show, Naked and Afraid. No toilet paper, ever. So uh, you were in trouble if you were in the bathroom. There was a lot of drip drying. Is this is this too graphic? Oh my god! You get what you get, okay? This is my frat frat experience. Um, yeah, I always felt paranoid that I was gonna get walked in on just because it it can be a little bit culty. Culty is that the right word to use? It can be a little bit. Everyone and everyone in the frat is close. I will say that this wasn't all fraternity brothers. A lot of them had moved out. There were probably like, I don't know, five or six actual brothers and then like 15 just like young professional student internship type situations. But yeah, I, I did fear for the few, first few times I went to the bathroom that I would get walked in on. But now I, I know that 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 doesn't happen. Well, actually, it did happen once, but that happens. Whatever. Another bit was that one of the things left on my wall was this phrase in, like, it was stickered in letters above my desk when I moved in. This is the one thing I'll remember because I look at it every day. It was a phrase left behind by one of the bros that read, pray the straight away and it was in all capital black letters so the point is you really never know what to expect from from the bros i would say the community at this particular frat was very accepting of lgbtq plus people folks the community in general so overall that is visually what my experience was like from the moment I walked in, really. And up until this moment now, I mean, it's a mess. Don't get me wrong. But it's definitely really fun. And it was a, a, like a space I felt really safe in, which is interesting. Like my roommate and I were talking one time and she told me and she was like, I feel safe in this frat. And let that sink in, okay? I feel safe in this frat. Usually the words coming out of every girl's mouth, this is a huge generalization, but it's like, it can be a scary place going to a frat. 
entering like that space, you know. Um, it also helped that everyone there was really awkward and really nerdy because it was an MIT frat. If you don't know, MIT is uh, probably the nerdiest school ever. They don't even have majors, I learned. They have numbers. So, you know, like at my school, I'm an advertising major and I talk to political science majors and history majors. Okay, at MIT, their majors are like one, four, six, and two, seven, five. I don't even know. So when I was talking to everyone, I was like, oh, what's your major? They're like, yeah, one, four, seven. I'm like, okay, I'm an advertising major. Take with that what you will. Let's talk about my safety. So mentally felt really safe, 100% safe, coming home at night, felt super fine. And I honestly felt like my safety was more of a concern in terms of like overall health, you know? So one time um, during our weekly chores, because we, we did have we did have weekly chores, unfortunately, which were like cleaning the bathroom, mopping, just like household stuff. So I went down to the third floor to fill up my water bottle from the sink, from the tap water. And there was this dude in there with like a mask on and he was pulling. I can't unsee this. I can't unsee this. He was pulling the trash out of the trash bin and there were maggots crawling all over. And he's like, you probably don't want to fill up your water in here. There's maggots everywhere. And I was kind of like, F it. I'm already here. I'll just fill up my water near the near the maggots. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to come out of this a different person. I really toughened up for sure. Um, yeah, and then one time I went to the bathroom in the fourth floor, which which is where the shower was really really interesting stuff um first of all they don't put they don't use shelves (laughs) who needs shelves in the bathroom to to put your shampoo no you use the floor you put uh what you use to clean your body on the floor you put your washcloth on the floor you let the soap just melt into the tile you scrape it off with your fingernails okay you watch the grime grow on the floor and up the sides of the wall from the beginning of the summer to the end. You watch the mold sprinkle on that blue chevron shower, what's it called? Shower curtain, the shower curtain. Yes, it was barely a curtain because it was covered in mold by the end. And to top this all off, you would wash your face next to a plastic vodka handle filled with dead flies. And that's normal. That's a normal morning or night in the frat house bathroom. What can I say? One of my chores that was really fun one time um, is cleaning cleaning the front the front yard. And we didn't have a big front yard. It was it was in a city. We had like a little little patch of grass. And you're supposed to, like, pick up, basically, beer cans left over from the weekend. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't pick up beer cans. 
I picked up a pineapple. And for some reason, this pineapple wasn't rotting. And it didn't have any bugs on it or anything. It was completely fine, but it had been there. Like, I walked past this pineapple for, I don't know, a week straight. (laughs) And when I got my chores for that week, when it said front yard assigned to Tess... I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be picking up that thing. But it was fine. I brought it into the kitchen. I didn't eat it, okay? I didn't eat it. And I was looking for the trash because I wanted to throw it out as soon as possible because I didn't have gloves on or anything, and I didn't know if there would be a little surprise in there. Um, But the bros were in the kitchen. I was like, hey, where's where's the trash can? Because I did not go in the kitchen a lot. It was always kind of, well, gross. And they were like, no, no, like, let's cut it open guys oh my god we cut this thing open on the on the cutting board and um it was probably okay to eat i didn't eat it no one ate it no big reveal here we did we did in fact just cut it open and it was the front yard pineapple they kind of blew up in the group chat too because someone that week had had spoke or had 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 i guess complained about the pineapple being in the front yard. And so I felt kind of proud of the fact that I got to destroy it there, right there in the kitchen, cut it open with a knife and throw it out. So that's the story about the pineapple in the front yard. Um, Okay, moving on, I guess the next big thing, I mean, parties. How can you not talk about a frat without without partying? I'm not a big partier, okay? I have like a couple big moments a year but I I'm not like an every weekend type of type of partier that's just not sustainable for me uh I did go to one party this summer I guess you could call it it was like a get-together or whatever I did go to one little party just because I wanted to like see who my neighbors were be a friendly face I don't know who knows make some connections Sue me, okay? I went to the 4th of July cookout, and I kind of didn't plan on going to it at first. So one of my friends came over on 4th of July, and she left at 8.30. So I walked her downstairs, and the party had started. And as she was leaving, I walked her out, and everyone kind of looked at me like they didn't know who I was, because it's true. I, I really didn't say hi to anyone that much up until that point. Um, And so as I was walking her out, there were two girls grilling. And I was like, oh my gosh, do you guys live here? Like, I'm surrounded by men all the time. I I need some women in my life right now. And they were like, no, but you could grill with us. I was like, okay, sure. Um, So I was grilling for a little bit. And there were a bunch of people in and out of the house, and it started to get dark out. Um, And then, like, most of the people who lived there started to, like, play music in one of the bigger rooms on the first floor, which was so nice. It was, like, an oval room. It, It gave the vibes of the presidential office. That's kind of... (laughs) Actually... Just by, like, look, not by vibes. I don't know, though. I don't know what, what Joe Biden's doing in that, in that office. But um, anyways, it, it, was, it was a really fun party. I mean, it was basically like a frat party, but 
only 20 people so it wasn't super sweaty and disgusting and also it was really chill because everyone kind of knew each other and it wasn't just the people living in the house it was like people from the area too who knew people there if that makes sense so it was basically just like if you're at a frat party but everyone knows each other and no one's trying to like hit on each other in a disgusting way so it was like it was like a group hangout and then we saw fireworks on the roof because this frat had like a roof access on the seventh floor which uh i did take advantage of until they installed security cameras because apparently we're not supposed to go up there but i did enjoy my time up there while it lasted okay let's talk about my stance on Greek life before and after because I know I did mention this before and I think before I started living at the frat I looked at frats as like a way to pay for friends and I don't know how higher social status or like being desperate and needing to belong and while I think some of those things still are true I also think it's widen my perspective and now I see frats as a way to celebrate culture and find like-minded people and have a sense of community and I think looking at it from both of those mindsets has really helped me understand why why people join frats I think yeah there's a peer pressure aspect but I think in addition to that peer pressure aspect, there's also like a a real need to want to be part of a community and have people that you can rely on for the rest of your life. And I would definitely live here again. Absolutely. No doubt about it for sure. Like, Like I said, I feel I felt really safe. I felt really included. I had a great room, great roommate. Shout out, Scout. Love you. Um, Yeah, I think we generalize and we stereotype frats way too often and yes I do get it I do understand that there have been lots of individuals who have had really traumatizing experiences at frats and frats are in the news a lot of the time because of sexual assault and hazing allegations and I'm not going to deny that people have experienced really really questionable and illegal things at frat houses for sure I will say my experience was a little bit different because it was mostly young professionals occupying the space everyone there was like working interning and I mean I I don't know what happens during the school year but I can only assume that that same culture carries over like especially for this frat I mean everyone was so great so nice very accepting of all people so I guess I'm not as quick to judge people who want to rush anymore because I think I I was a little bit um, quick to judge without even knowing anything really about it. I'm not saying that like I'm a bro now like that's not what I'm trying to say but I do think you know there are some things you learn living in a fraternity for a couple months. I'm kind of sad to move out, definitely. That's happening next weekend, so this won't be a full update. Maybe you'll never know what happens next weekend. (sighs) Maybe I'll update you. You'll have to stay tuned for for next week in case anything crazy happens this weekend. I doubt it. I'll probably just be watching New Girl in my bed with my roommate because that's what we do every week 
and not every week, every day, almost every night we watch New Girl and um, we're crushing it. We are definitely crushing it. I've never seen the show before. So that's like, that's a ritual for sure. I, I wonder if I'm forgetting some stuff. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe there's like some stuff that I'm just so traumatized by, I will never be able to pull it out of my brain and it's just gonna be in my brain forever. I know when I pull out all my stuff out of my room, walk down those stairs, which are, by the way, I guess on the walls of the stairs, there's all these photos of the people who live at the frat, but it's not like one photo of each person. There's like a framed photo of 50 bros for each year. And it's so funny. It's so funny. I made a joke. I was like, maybe I'll get on one. Wouldn't that be so funny if I was on a <laughs> in a frat photo? Class of uh, 2025, year, year, I guess, 2020, summer 2023 rush. That's so funny, actually. I think I'm going to end this right here because I think it's it's time to stop talking about this now. Um, I hope you hope you learned something. I say this is the end of every episode. Uh, I hope you were able to relate and I hope you learned something. Mm, is that applicable for this? I hope you aren't able to relate to this in in an explicit way. I hope you're maybe able to relate to some of the feelings I share. Um, but I really hope that there aren't bugs crawling on your floor. And I really hope you take out the trash. And I really, really hope that there aren't dead bugs in your alcohol. Okay, I'll see you next week. <laughs>